Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, relaxed restrictions will go into effect in some parts of the country over the coming days and weeks. There is no exact right pathway down this slope and into um, the new um, realities of living with COVID-19. We all know that it has to be um, cautious and we have to actually uh, look at what happens. The Prime Minister faces more questions about where the coronavirus originated. There will be much time in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, for reflecting on how it happened and how we can prevent it in the future. But for now, my focus is on uh, how we make sure Canadians get all the help they can right now. And there will be more gun control measures ahead. Critics say they're using the Nova Scotia mass killing as a jumping off point uh, to be able to do this. But this was in the harbour. This was their next most important piece of legislation. When the House stopped sitting, it was coming. It's Monday, May 4th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. Joining us is Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer. Peter, thank you for being with us. Hi, Mark. Always a pleasure. We've reached an interesting point, a critical point, some would say, in the coronavirus crisis. Uh, In the next few days and weeks, we're going to see in some parts of Canada uh, relaxed restrictions, uh, parts of the economy reopening, uh, people in some cases even going back to work and going back to school in specific circumstances. And I think there also is increasing pressure to see some of that happen but also questions around the extent to which Canadians are ready to embrace those changes. Uh, Are, for example, parents going to let their kids go back to school when they're allowed, or are they going to be fearful? Are people going to return to work, or are they going to choose to stay home and continue to receive government support where they might feel that's safer for them or even not really in their economic interest to return to work? Uh, So I think a lot of questions are going to start to get answered, maybe not completely and fully, but we will start to see some answers in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, and I think uh, think it's sort of all of the above, everything you've talked about, Mark, and I think the real, uh, I think the the really interesting thing for me is actually in the answers. I, I mean, the questions we will get, it'll take a couple of weeks, uh, the answer we will get, it'll take a couple of weeks, but, it, but the, for me, it's the questions, all of the ones you sort of listed. And I think, uh, you know, to give some perspective and context to this in terms of the, the politics around this, you know, politicians have all largely behaved in the same way uh, since the beginning of the outbreak. They've all been largely in lockstep in terms of number one is health, number, number two is pumping money into uh, the economy by way of direct benefits uh, to to workers and so on to make sure there's uh, there's the structure of an economy to get back to when when the pandemic does does pass. Now we're starting to see some of the dif- differentiation in terms of where we are in the in the uh, in the process now. And I think we've it was just a matter of time before we hit this intersection between public safety, uh, the economy, and personal freedoms, and we're there and. What we're seeing is different political leaders, uh, you know, on the, uh, with the backing in some cases and, and the advice of, of their own provincial health people are taking, I think, significantly different approaches to this. They're all saying they're looking at the same evidence about putting public safety first, and yet some provinces, like Quebec uh, uh, perhaps most significantly, is, is, seems to be pushing ahead much, much faster than than any other province. So we, in the next couple of weeks, as we start to open up, I don't think anybody thinks there isn't a second wave coming now. And I think the question, you know, if I can sort of frame it that way and sort of a big umbrella question is, is a lot of people must be wondering, are, are we 
doing what we need to do to get the economy restarted and playing defense when the second wave gets here, or are we moving too quickly and, in fact, inviting the second wave uh, by doing what we're doing? And we'll get those answers in the next couple of weeks as uh, economies provincially open up, and we'll start to see whether they've made the right call or, or uh, you know, perhaps the wrong call. Yeah, and I think if there's a shift that's happening here, maybe we're not all the way there yet, but you alluded to it a moment ago, it's that where a few weeks ago it was largely a health agenda that was driving everything, whatever public health officials were telling us governments were were sort of listening to and and following their lead on on many of these things and governments across this country, municipal, provincial and federal were in lockstep with each other. There's a shift that's happening now where uh, there, those those considerations are being balanced against economic considerations and other factors, and different governments are weighing those things slightly differently. So we may not see consistency as we have been to this point. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, in, in, uh, you, when you pay close attention to the Quebec argument, and even their own chief public health officer, Dr. Ruta, says, look, uh, it's a big risk. But they think they're on the right side of the risk, and only time will tell whether they're right. And when they talk about, uh, you know, Quebec makes this argument, and I think a lot of other provinces can make it too, and, and have made it, that there's a there's a two-track COVID outbreak in most provinces, you know, and the ones that have really been uh, hard hit, and that's the one that's happening in long-term care homes that tragically is claiming so many lives. And then what else is happening in the rest of the economy, rest of the province, or what else is happening in a part of the province? Like in Quebec's case, the hotspots, the island of Montreal, many other parts of the province are seeing, you know, very negligible effects from the outbreak. And I think most provinces can make that case. So this is a this is a really challenging time uh, to be the leader of a province who has to make what what could turn out to be let's let's not minimize what's the risk here this these could turn out to be life and death decisions and if you make the wrong one uh you'll you'll have the consequences of that decision uh, sitting with you for some time to come because this will be an easy one where where critics will will be able to say i told you so so you're you know you look at the approach in quebec uh, they're sort of pushing forward pretty boldly, thinking they've got the evidence that tells them this is the way to go. And then you, you look at Doug Ford in Ontario going very cautiously and and saying as much. I don't. He's effectively saying, I don't want this on my conscience. I am not going to be wrong about this. And prudence is the better, uh, the better measure uh, to lean on in these circumstances. And so, uh, you, as again, as I say, we'll know. We'll, we're going to know who's making the right calls in the next two to three weeks as People start to circulate. People start to go back to work, and, uh, and and we'll see exactly what the consequences of that will be. And I think we'll also start to see what economic recovery looks like because there is no precedent for this, and we don't know how quickly things are going to bounce back. So we'll be watching that as well. Another theme that has come up, Peter, is is where the coronavirus, where COVID nineteen originated and questions are being asked there's been a lot of rhetoric about it in the united states in the american political context of course about whether it started in a lab in china or or somewhere else uh, how much china is to blame for this and the prime minister has actually had to answer questions about this in the last few days yeah and i think he may face more questions as this conversation continues uh this is you know where we, you know, I've talked before, Mark, about when do we when, when do we get to the pivot point from uh, taking action and taking more action and taking more action to starting to ask more questions about how we got here, 
And you're seeing more and more of those questions, whether it was, you know, from in the last couple of weeks, has China been telling the truth? Did China early on hide the truth and hoard medical supplies? Uh, and, and now, and more questions now about whether this was a lab-borne virus that escaped, you know, not, that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the product of a, of a wet market in, in Wuhan, that instead it was a, uh, an escaped virus that uh, the Chinese had been, had been working on. And I thought what was interesting in the Prime Minister's answer this weekend was when pressed about it, he said, look, we're having lots of conversation with our Five Eyes partners, uh, the security and intelligence, intelligence allies Canada works closely with and saying, you know, we're not at a point where we can reach any firm conclusions. I thought that that language was interesting, which means he's leaving the door open to the possibility uh, uh, of this theory that it was uh, lab-borne, and yet you hear a lot of the experts say, you know, the chances of that are a million to one, and this is because of uh, the escape possibilities being much less likely uh, than the idea that this would be passed between, you know, birds and animals and people in a wet market. All right, let's turn to the uh, the gun control debate in this country and the measures that the government has put in place in the aftermath of uh, the most deadly mass shooting in Canadian history in Nova Scotia two weeks ago. And, uh, and the Prime Minister is saying that there are more restrictions to come, but not yet, while the country is still focused on recovery and reaction to the coronavirus crisis. So what can we expect in the future? Well, I mean, we can look at where we are now. So the government, uh, I, I can tell you, Mark, that um, just about a week before the, the, you know, Canada started taking, you know, um, so I guess what, uh, the first week of March, before Canada, just before Canada started uh, taking, you know, more drastic uh, public public health measures and, and uh, uh, um, you know, uh, economic measures, closing down the economy, telling people to stay home and so on, I had... Uh, an interview about something different with the Minister of Public Safety, Bill Blair. And as he was leaving the studio, he said to me, hey, I'm going to see you very shortly in the next few days, and we're going to be talking about gun control. So he had told me this was on the government agenda. So they're not, I mean, are they, you know, critics say they're using the Nova Scotia mass killing as a jumping off point uh, to be able to do this. But this was in the hopper. This was their next most important piece of legislation. When the House stopped sitting, it was coming. And so what they've been able to do is they've been able to list uh, by regulation uh, without having to go to the House of Commons all these uh, weapons that they want to uh, want to ban or partially ban or give some kind of grandfather clause on for some of them. But what's going to happen next, uh, as the Prime Minister said again on the weekend, gave us a little more detail, is when the House is in a position to consider matters other than COVID-19, uh, we'll put legislation, he said, before the House of Commons that involves uh, pushing forward with those abilities for municipalities to ban handguns, more restrictions, more funding for uh, the border to be able to, to try and stop uh, you know, the influx of, of uh, illegal weapons from the United States. So that's what we should expect. Now, can you put a timeline on that? It's pretty hard to do that. It's hard to know exactly when the House of Commons will turn. It's whether it's in a virtual sitting or a, the one in-person sitting a week, when the House of Commons will be able to turn its attention to something other than COVID-19. But he's making it clear that as soon as, soon as it does, and there's some sense of normalcy in the parliamentary uh, setting that the government will be pushing ahead with this legislation. All right. A lot to watch in the days ahead. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Good to talk to you again, Mark. Take care.
That's CPAC's Peter Van Dusen. There will be much time in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, for reflecting on how it happened and how we can prevent it in the future. But for now, my focus is on uh, how we make sure Canadians get all the help they can right now. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In McLean's, Errol Patrick Mendez, Marcus Kolga, and Sarah Tyke argue we must seek accountability for the human toll and economic devastation of COVID-19. They write, Given that China's negligence enabled the spread of COVID-19, there are growing international calls to hold them to account, and Canada needs to join the chorus. We must seek accountability and ensure that those responsible are not allowed to repeat the mistakes that have so far cost hundreds of thousands of lives and trillions of dollars, irreversibly changing the world we live in. In the Toronto Star, Penny Collinette argues it may be trickier to manage the recovery than the COVID-19 crisis. Collinette writes, So far, strong collaboration between all government levels has functioned well. But it would be naive to think that partisan politics will not resume. Questions concerning sustainability of various government programs and whether economic help hinders the incentive to work are already being raised. Can the leaders who have recently performed well carry us into the future, or will we demand change? A lack of preparation has led the world into the present situation. Leaders and parties would be wise to perform their own risk assessments now. In the Montreal Gazette, Alison Haynes considers Quebec's plans to start relaxing COVID-19 restrictions. Haynes writes, The Quebec government's optimistic plans unveiled last week tell one story, the daily tally of coronavirus cases, hospitalizations and fatalities tell another. Quebec crossed the tragic threshold of 2,000 COVID-19 deaths on Friday, with the majority in Montreal. François Legault conceded the battle is not won in Montreal and indicated he might delay the reopening. This may be necessary, but this reversal threatens to sow more confusion. These mixed messages are undermining Quebecers' trust in their government's response to COVID-19. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The leader of the official opposition, Andrew Scheer, will meet with reporters this morning, and CPAC's Martin Stringer has more on what to expect. Mark, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer will be speaking to reporters at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Parliament Hill. He's focusing on the COVID-19 response of the government, but you can also count on him spending time critiquing the government's approach to gun control. The Conservatives are furious at the government for what they say is skirting democracy by introducing regulations to ban military-style assault rifles through regulations passed by cabinet. They will argue that the government is using the COVID-19 crisis as a way of avoiding debating that measure and putting it into legislation that could be debated by parliament. They'll also argue that the government should focus more on border controls instead of persecuting legitimate gun owners. On COVID-19, you can expect the Tories to focus on the problems or potential problems with procuring personal protective equipment especially after the news this weekend that the company much touted by the government, Spartan Bioscience, has had to recall its state-of-the-art rapid tests for COVID-19 because Health Canada found them to be not up to their reliability standards. That, and there's the whole larger issue of procuring enough PPE for Canada as the provinces open up their economies. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister is expected to provide his daily update on the coronavirus crisis. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, May the 4th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today. 
for coverage of the coronavirus crisis. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.